Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 6 as the worship team joins you and I want to read a verse of scripture here a few verses from Deuteronomy chapter 6 if you're turning on your phones or in your Bibles uh, these are the words of Moses as he's talking to uh, the Israelites and uh, we're going to look at uh, five verses here Deuteronomy chapter 6 beginning in verse 4 and this is what the word of the Lord says it says listen O Israel the Lord is our God the Lord alone and you must love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and all your strength and you must commit yourselves wholeheartedly to these commands that I'm giving you today repeat them again and again to your children Talk about them when you are at home and when you are on the road and when you are going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them to your hands and wear them on your forehead as reminders and write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. And verse 6 is the one we're really going to zero in on this morning. I want to read that one again. And you must commit yourself, say that bold word, wholeheartedly, to these commands that I am giving you today. I'm going to talk to you today about a wholehearted father. Father, as I speak your word today, I pray you anoint me and give me the words to say that you've laid on my heart. Allow this word to find good soil today and grow in us. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. All of you moms and dads today, you probably have pictures in your mind, grandparents, of what that moment was like when your child came into the world. Uh, us younger dads are allowed to be in the room now. My dad, they didn't allow the, the, the grandfathers. You probably weren't in the room when your kids were born. But I got to thinking about all the questions that are asked in the first few hours after a new baby is born. Now, if the parents have not found out the sex of the child, the very first question that's asked is, is it a boy or a girl, right? And as soon as that baby comes out and we know if it's a boy or a girl, I remember with all three of ours, they immediately are born and then they rush them over that little table and they're under the light. And, and, and the, our first child, when Trent was born, they allowed me to have a video camera in there. The other times, no video camera. So I can remember rushing over with a video camera and videoing him laying there under that lamp and they're checking him out and, and I'm thinking, man, what are, what's all this stuff that they're doing to him? And the first thing, the next thing you're usually asking is, are they healthy and you start counting fingers and toes right you kind of remember that and you're and then and then somebody maybe mom asks from the bed or somebody says well do they have any hair are they a bald baby or do, do they have hair and then over the next few hours you want to know are they eating okay are they okay is everything working like it needs to work and then mom soon is going to ask well when can I go home I'm ready to get home with this baby but somewhere along the line in those first few hours Everybody always asks this question, and it's mom and dad ask it, and a lot of times the grandparents do, and everybody as they come into the room, they say, who does the baby look like? 
And one side of the family says, well, they look like our side. And the other family say, they look like our side. And sometimes they say, well, they look like a mix. And it's always funny to me because they all look purple and wrinkly to me. I mean, they just, they don't look that great. But, but sometimes you can, at the beginning, I will give it to you, sometimes you can see exactly what that baby looks like. Now, growing up, I, I, when, when I started driving and wasn't with my dad and would go into town somewhere, uh, I would run into people and they would say, you're a Woodard. Whose boy are you? Are you Alton or Harold or Roy's son? And I'd say, well, I'm Roy's son. And they'd say, I know it. I can see it. I could tell you were a Woodard. And uh, that actually happened to my dad the reverse way a few weeks ago. There was a pastor that I know that he doesn't know who was at my home church. And they were passing each other in the foyer going to the church. And uh, that pastor looked at my dad and he said, Les Woodard. And my dad said, yep, that's my son. And they began a conversation. He said, well, I know less from here and here and here. And they had, they had a conversation. I thought, well, that's cool. You know, that, that, that kind of reversed there on my dad. But a few months ago, I, uh, I ran across a video. I don't know if I saw it on Facebook or YouTube that uh, kind of spurred this idea for this message this morning. And this idea of a, a son who looks like his father or even acts like his father, I ran across this video and it blew me away. I couldn't believe what I was seeing when I was watching this son and how much he looked and acted like his dad. And I even watched it again and watched it several times, just amazed at, uh, at what I saw. And I want to share this video with you this morning and uh, kind of see if you maybe get the same response that I did. So let's show that first one, Jack. I love your stuff. I see, uh, I see your shows and stuff like that. And uh, I loved your dad so oh, much. Thank uh, you so Steve Irwin is the. Is it, this is the kid. It's you and your dad. It is, yeah. Oh. I mean, come on. So that's actually a little green iguana, and they love flowers. They love the hibiscus flowers. It's like catnip for them. They really? just love it. I love yeah. it, but this is this, this, this is so cool to see you like because yeah. you know, you're actually your 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 dad. I mean, this yeah. is like you're so excited. Well, my dad was actually on the Tonight Show quite yeah. a while ago, and yeah, so absolutely. it's really nice to be able to follow in his footsteps. It's really great. Yeah, this means a lot to me. I'm so happy. <laughs> no, thank you. I love your enthusiasm. You, 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 you love animals. You love the oh, wildlife. Absolutely. You know that it's just in my blood. Yeah. My family and I, I've actually grow up at Australia Zoo, so I think I'm the luckiest kid on planet. Earth. I know, look at this, growing yeah. up, with, this is your buddy. Yeah, this yeah, is the beautiful Siam the elephant. She's yeah. very cute. Uh, do you, you guys host a fundraiser uh, every year uh, in, for, in your dad's honor? We do, yeah. So it's called the Steve Owen Gala Dinner, and this year it's in LA on May 13th. And it's all about celebrating everything that dad loved, and it's a really big fundraiser to, to raise money for wildlife warriors. So we're yeah. encouraging everyone to, to come and join us. I, oh, he did so much. And you do so much. The Thank family. So Wildlifewarriors.org. All right, how many of you have had seen Robert Irwin before, Steve Irwin's son? A lot of you have seen him, and they've been getting a lot of publicity over the last few months. And I saw that video, and I was like, wow, if that's not Steve Irwin all over again. Give me that next slide, Jack. We all know Steve Irwin. I mean, larger than life, and I would say a character, but he really wasn't a character. It was who he was. You know, he was an amazing uh, zoologist at Australia Zoo. He was an incredible um, conservationist and wildlife activist. And uh, we all know that it was such a sad day when he died in 2006. He was out filming for a, uh, an, a, 
a movie that he was doing and with, for underwater creatures, and he actually was taking a break. And like a good dad would do, he decided on his break he would go into some shallow water and film some video for his daughter Bindi's show that she had. And that's when he was barbed in the heart by a stingray. And it was a very freak accident. If you heard the story, you remember it. And it was back in 2006. But, but he, he died in such an unusual way for, to be somebody who was always pulling on the tails of crocodiles. You know, I always thought if Steve Irwin would go, it would be by some huge animal. But it wasn't that way. And at the time of his death, give us that next picture, Bendy was maybe about five or six, and Robert was not quite three years old at the day that he died when he was 44 years old. A while ago, we looked at that scripture, and there was a word that I asked you to say. Do you remember what it was? It was wholehearted. And when I think about the word wholehearted, I look at that definition, and to be wholehearted means to be completely and sincerely devoted, determined, and enthusiastic. Marked by complete, earnest commitment. If there ever was a person who gave their life wholeheartedly to their job and to a cause and to what they were all about, it was Steve Irwin. I mean, he was just, his, his energy and his passion for what he did was contagious. He was an amazing person and an amazing man in everything that he was all about. And it's interesting to me that Robert wasn't quite three years old when his dad died, but it's undeniable. I mean, you, you guys were nodding like, like me watching that video. When I first saw Robert, I'm just like, my goodness. He didn't spend time with his dad much on earth. But he is his dad all over again. His, his mannerisms and the main thing I caught was not just the way he looked, but the passion and the energy that he had. I mean, Jimmy Fallon is trying to talk about that picture. And he's like, oh, no, that's just this little animal. He eats this and he does that. I mean, he's, you know, that's how Steve was. He was always talking about animals and always bringing attention to them. And so it's just amazing that Robert has carried on Steve's uh, passion for wildlife. And that, that was kind of the thing that got me thinking about this message today when I saw that a few months ago and I want to share with you this morning three things that I think are marks that we find in God's Word and three things that we actually find from the life of Steve Irwin and his kids that make up a wholehearted father. The first one is what I just said. A wholehearted father lives with passion. Would you say that Steve Irwin lived with passion? Absolutely. He had a ton of passion about everything that was wildlife and nature and all those things. And so dads, I want to ask you a question this morning. If your children sat down with you and they interviewed you and they asked, or, or if I asked your children or grandchildren a question, if, they said, if I said, what is your dad or granddad passionate about? What would they answer? What would they say you were passionate about? Would it be fishing, hunting, work, cars, golf, their mom, Krispy Kreme donuts? That's the theme of the month if you haven't been with us. What would they say you were passionate about if they asked that question? Now, None of those things are bad within themselves. We, that's part of life. We enjoy fishing, hunting, crispy cream donuts, and all that stuff. But I want to ask you a question this morning. 
if a wholehearted father is marked by somebody who lives with passion, and if we are followers of Christ, our passion shouldn't just be for hitting a little white ball or, or killing a deer on the first day or last day of deer season, right? Our passion should be marked that we have a passion for Jesus. That we have a passion for things that are eternal. So if I interviewed your kids or your grandkids, would they say, among the other things they may say about you, Dad, would they say, my dad has a passion for the things of God? My dad has a passion for things that are eternal. And are you, as a father and a grandfather, are you modeling that passion in a way that your children can see you? We know what was the driving force for Steve Irwin's life. He was driven by animal conservation and keeping up his zoo and all the things that he did. If your kids asked you, if I asked your kids rather, what drives your dad? What drives your granddad? What would be their answer? Among, among other things, I want to challenge you, Dad, that one of the things that as Christ followers, we hope, I hope you hope, but I hope that my kids would say about me is that one of the things that I'm driven about and I'm passionate about whether I'm a pastor or not is that I love Jesus and I want people to know Jesus and I want to be able to share the love of Jesus what did Moses say when he was talking to Israel he said to them he said commit yourselves our word today wholeheartedly to those commands that I am giving you so what does it look like if you're a father who leads, who, who lives with passion, if you're a father who lives that way, what does it look like? Well, Moses tells us, he says, if you live wholeheartedly, here's some of the things you're going, you're going to be repeating over and over again. You're going to be talking about the things of God. And he says, you need to talk about them and repeat them all the time when you get up in the morning, when you go to bed at night. They might even should be around your home and in places where it's visible. Really what he's saying is that if we are men who are followers of Christ and we're going to be wholehearted, we must live with a passion, part of our passion. And our greatest drive should be that we honor and please God and that our children follow in our footsteps. Amen? I know that's challenging, guys. It's challenging to ask yourself that question. What would my kids say in response to that? Am I more passionate about other things than I am about the things of God? So let's lay that out there this morning for number one. A wholehearted father lives with passion. As I begin to continue to think about this illustration we're using today of Steve Irwin and his family, I saw another clip that came up. And, and one of the things that you may have seen in the news is that this fall on Animal Planet, uh, Animal Planet's doing a brand new show featuring Steve's wife, Terry, and her son, uh, their son Robert, and their daughter Bindi. And uh, I'm excited to see this show. It looks like it's going to be really cool. When I found this interview from the Today Show with Steve's family talking about his life and talking about this show. And I wanted to show you this too. Let's look at this. Crikey, can you believe it's been more than 20 years since the premiere of Animal Planet's beloved series, The Crocodile Hunter. It took the world by storm and made Steve Irwin a household name. Well, now 11 years after Steve's untimely death, his family is returning to Animal Planet with a new series to carry on his legacy. Terry Irwin and their kids, Bindi and Robert, are here to tell us all about it. Hi, guys. Hi. I just read that 11 years, and it struck me. I just... it. 
Does it seem, Terry, like 11 years since he passed? You know, in some ways it seems like it's been way more than 11 Doesn't years. It? And in some ways it's been the blink of an eye. So you're right, it's a bizarre little time warp you get into when you're dealing with grief, but we're glad to be back. Bindi's 19, Robert's 14. What do you think, if he were looking down now at your family, mm -hmm. what would he think about you guys? What would he think? Oh, I hope he'd be proud. Yeah. And I think we're so excited to be continuing Steve's message and his legacy. And, you know, Bindi and Robert are just living, breathing mini Steves. <laughs> By the way, Robert, I'm sorry, I looked at you and you were only two years old when your dad passed, but the resemblance is uncanny. Oh. Do people say that to you all the time? Yeah, yeah, it's funny. I. I, I, yeah, we, we often say that I look very similar to Dad. Yeah. But it was it was quite hilarious. Quite recently, Mum was cleaning out our house and found this old photo of Dad and showed me. And I said, "That's no big deal. That's just a photo of me." And she said, "No, it was Dad when he was your age." Wow! So it's really, really quite incredible. But I'm so privileged to be able to uh, continue his amazing legacy. Bindi. So we said that a, a wholehearted father. Uh, li lives with passion and the second thing I want to say to you is that a wholehearted father leads by example now an example can be one that is good to follow or one that's not so good to follow right there's some examples we say well that's a, that's an example of what not to do and then there's examples of what to do but I want to ask you dads a question this morning Questions are not going to get any easier this morning, fellas. I'm going to challenge you. What example are you setting for your kids? And are you setting an example that should be imitated? It's pretty cool to see these kids at 19 and 14 imitating their dad's work. I mean, I'm watching you guys watch that. And everybody with a heart is smiling. And you're like, wow, that's just so cool to see that being passed on and, and they're, they're taking that on to the next level. But why are they doing it? It's because Steve set an incredible example that they decide that was worth following. Now, in the book of Timothy, Paul is giving Timothy some instructions. And he says to him, don't let anyone look down on you because you're young. But set an example for believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Say those with me. In speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Say them with me again. Speech, conduct, love, faith, and purity. Now, obviously, Paul's talking to Timothy, who's a young minister, and he's trying to get him started on the right way, and he's telling him, this is how you should lead, okay? He's telling him those things. But that, that's just... That covers all of us today. Moms, dads, every one of us. The Word of God here is telling us that we should lead by example. And it gives us real specific instructions on how we should lead by example. So I want to ask you guys, and as you're leading your families, as you're leading your wives and your children and your grandchildren, are you setting an example in your speech? Would you like your children to speak like you speak? I'm not just talking about cussing. Okay, right, maybe that's part of it. Yeah, if your language needs to be cleaned up, clean it up. You don't want your kids to talk about that, talk that way, right? But it also may be in the way that you just talk in the sense that are you negative all the time? Do you talk about people? Do you bring gossip home and your kids hear you talk about it? 
Are you setting an example in your speech? Are you encouraging in the way that you speak to them? What is it that you can do about your speech? What about conduct? He says, set an example in conduct. Men, granddads, fathers, are we setting an example being, that's worth following in our conduct for our children? What about love and the way we love others? And especially in the way we love our wives. Your children will take their cues from you. The way that you love your wife, your sons and daughters are watching. And your sons should be watching how you love your wife so that they understand that's the way I should love my wife one day. For you men with daughters, you should love your wife so much so that your daughter would never settle for anything less than a man who loves his mama, who loves her like daddy loved mama. Y'all are quiet, but that's real good advice this morning. Men, let's love our spouses in a way that sets a great example. What about in faith? Are we setting an example in our faith? In the way that we pursue God and, and how we believe about God and the way we're pursuing Christ? Are we setting an example in what we believe? Can I tell you that what that doesn't mean is that I have it all figured out. Every dad who's got everything figured out, raise your hand. There's no hands going to go up. Because we all know the further you get on this road of being a dad to being a granddad, you realize, man, I, I don't have... I, you know, you realize how much you forgot since you were 16 when you knew everything. And, and, and you realize the more you get, the further along the road you get, the more you don't know. But that means that we need to rely heavily more, even more on our Heavenly Father, right? That we depend upon Him. So we set an example in speech and conduct and love and faith and in purity. Are you living a life of integrity? If you're living a life of integrity, men, today before your kids, you're doing what a lot of other men aren't doing. And I believe our children and grandchildren should look at us as Christ-following men and say, there's a man that I know who walks in integrity. He lives above the fray. He lives in a higher place than other people. It doesn't mean that he's perfect, but it means that he has his eyes on a goal, and that goal is to be like Jesus in everything that he's doing. Steve Irwin, you think about his life. Did he, did he set an example for his mission in speech and in conduct and in love and, and in all of the things that he did? He certainly did in the way he carried himself, and that is, is why that his, his mission and his dream carries on. Let's look at this next scripture. Paul says in Ephesians 6, he says, Fathers, don't exasperate your children by coming down hard on them. Take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the master. Now, is he saying that we shouldn't discipline our children? No, he's not saying that. He's not saying that sometimes, because the Word of God doesn't contradict itself. The Proverbs talk about disciplining our children, right? But what Paul is saying here is, is dads, discipline is important. Coming down sometimes is important. But don't just come down, come down, come down all the time. Don't just yell and scream. I know dads, sometimes we feel like that's the only way that we get through is yell and scream. But what's even better, the Word tells us, is to take them by the hand and lead them in the way of the Master. 
That's exactly what happened when you look at Steve Irwin's life, how he did Dindy, because she was, I guess, maybe eight years old whenever he passed away. You can go back and look at those old videos and see her, him leading her and teaching her how to do all of those things that he did. He led her in the way of what he was passionate about. As men, as dads, as granddads, we're called to take our children and grandchildren by the hand and lead them in the way of Jesus. To lead them to a place that they can only go. Dads, are you living a life worth following? Are you setting an example worth imitating? So we said a wholehearted father lives with passion. He leads by example. And here's the last one I want to share with you. And that is this. He leaves a legacy. Let's look at this next clip. This is the rest of this video we were just looking at legacy. Bindi, I feel like we've watched you grow up, like we've watched you since you were just a little girl, and now you're going back to TV. How does that, tell us what we can expect. We are so excited. Yeah. You can expect all kinds of adventure. <laughs> it's going to be so exciting. We're so happy mm -hmm. to be joining back with Animal Planet, and they're such a great family. So you'll be following our adventures at Australia Zoo and with our non-profit organization, Wildlife Warriors, and all action, adventure, wildlife work, and hopefully inspiring others to make a difference in their own backyard. Was there so. any question that you would stay in this field? I know that I could tell just by being around you just what a love you have for it, but was there any question whether or not this would continue? I think that it's a part of who we are. It's yeah. not just what we do. And I, I don't want to speak for all of us, but I don't think I'm ever going to wake up one morning yeah. and say, I'm going to be an astronaut now. Yeah. <laughs> this is just what we love so much. And wildlife work is so important to us. And we do want to carry on in Dad's footsteps and make sure everything he worked so hard for continue. She asked her, was there any question that you would do this? And her answer was, it's a part of who we are, not just what we do. And at the break in the clip, I don't know if you called it at the end of what Robert said, but Robert said something very powerful. He said, I'm so privileged to continue his amazing legacy. Legacy is a powerful word. There's dads that leave legacies that follow them for years that aren't worth following. Legacies of abuse and alcoholism and hurt and pain. I was talking to my dad this morning, and I told him how much I appreciated the legacy that he's carried on, that's carried on to us. Because I want to tell you something. Wherever you may be in the mix with your family, maybe you come from a legacy of abuse or alcoholism or whatever it might be, but when you begin to turn that, you can change legacy to a good legacy. You can change something that goes from one generation to the next and keeps going and keeps being passed on. You don't have to repeat the, the sins and the failures of the past. Once that change takes place because of the redemptive power of the cross, something that happens in a family that maybe has been a, a stronghold in that family for years can be broken. And now generation after generation after generation can know the Lord because somebody decided we're going to make a change. We're going to leave a different legacy than the legacy that has gone before us. And it's amazing to me that even though Steve Irwin's death at 44 was so unexpected and so premature, here, 11 years later, here's these kids and this mom who is carrying on his legacy. 
How much more should we as believers of Christ, wildlife conservation, looking after animals, that's great. But how much more is the value of the legacy of the cross and the story of Jesus? There's nothing more valuable that we can pass on and carry on and show and share as an example for our children. Not just in our passion. Not just that we leave an example that they can follow. But that there is something when we are gone that will carry on beyond us. In the book of 1 Corinthians, Solomon, uh, rather David, is praying a prayer. He's coming to the end of his life, and he's praying a prayer about his son Solomon. And this is what he says in his prayer to the Lord. He says, God, give my son Solomon the wholehearted devotion to keep your commands, statutes, and decrees, and to do everything to build the palladial structure for which I have provided. He does not pray that his son Solomon will be the greatest king ever. He doesn't pray that he has mighty force as a warrior and is known as a great leader of a military. He doesn't pray that he has an incredible fortune in the bank. He doesn't even pray that he has a great reputation because we know what David's reputation had been and had become. But what does he pray? He says, God... Give Solomon a wholehearted devotion to the things of you. May before he does anything else, may he be totally committed to you, God. And then, and then he does talk about the things just like a dad would do. Because remember, one of the things David wanted to do, he asked God if he could build him a temple. And God said, no, you can't do it, but I'm going to let your son do it. So in the prayer, as he's praying, the first thing, give him that devotion. But God, give him the ability to follow and do the things that you, the thing you have earmarked for his life, that he will build that temple. God, use him and anoint him to do those things. And guys, I want to say to you today, as men, sometimes we think the best thing I can do for my kids is to leave them an inheritance, leave them money in the bank. The best thing I can do for my kids is to have a strong business that I can pass down to them. The best thing that I can do for my kids is to give them a college education and make sure they learn a trade or they get a degree that they can go and support their family. Are all those things good and important? Yes. But they're not what's most important. A legacy is not defined by how much money you leave your kids in the bank. Anybody can leave money for their kids. Anybody can see their kids go to college. Anybody can see their kids take over the family business. Not every man can leave a legacy worth following that will carry on from one generation to the next and echo throughout eternity. Men, are you living with passion? Are you leading by example? Are you going to leave a legacy worth following? I want to share one more clip with you. And this is Steve Irwin. I found this one. And I'm telling you, this one will get you. Because just a couple of months, uh, not months, within a couple of years. Because he talks about, I don't know exactly when this clip was filmed, but um, it was filmed when he had kids, two kids. So we know it was when he had Robert and Bendy. He was interviewed about his legacy. And I want you to hear as we close out today what Steve Irwin said about what he wants to leave behind.
I think the proudest thing that I've achieved professionally is global wildlife conservation. The proudest thing I've achieved personally is my children. Is there anything in this world that would want to make me give away what I'm doing now? Yes. Yes, there is. When my children can take the football that I call wildlife conservation and run it up. When they're ready to run up our mission, I will gladly step aside. And I guarantee you it'll be the proudest moment of my life. And my job will be done like my mum and my dad. That, and only then, sorry, then and only then will I know that I have achieved my ultimate goal, to be able to stand aside and let, let, let them run up my mission. Because that's what I did for my mum and dad, and I'm really proud to tell you that by crikey, like tears flowing out, and I'm holding them back. I'm trying so hard to hold them back, but I'm just doing what they wanted me to do. They created a wildlife warrior, I am that, and uh, they, they were able to stand aside uh, to varying degrees, and I'm able to run that ball up, mate, I'm running it up. <laughs> you know what, the opposition's hard and it keeps coming, but I ain't stopping until my kids can run it up for me, and then I'll stand aside like my dad. Powerful, huh? It's powerful to look in the rearview mirror and see what's happened in, in, in that situation. And although it was such a tragedy how early Steve left the earth, what has continued has been amazing. Again, today we're here talking about something greater than wildlife conservation. That's just an illustration today to say, as men, we should be that passionate about the legacy that we're leaving behind for our children and our grandchildren that when we're gone that something continues he had a goal he was real specific about what his goal was and I want to challenge you guys I know a lot of times as men our goal is just to get the bills paid for this month and make it through to the next month any guys know what I'm talking about that's kinda of how it is we're just trying to keep Keep our family going, right? We want everybody to be healthy and happy. We want everybody to get educations and all that stuff. And that's great. But God created every one of us men for something greater and for something more. And that is to lead our families. Guys, our culture today wants to say to us that um, we're all the same. Men and women are the same. We're all different. All our jobs are the same. That's a lie. We're equal. As men and women, we are equal, but we are not the same. God created us with specific abilities. There's things that we celebrated on Mother's Day that moms do, that God made them to do, and is their job to do and their role to do, God-given role in the family. But men, today's our day. Today's your day to be reminded that God created God-given roles, and it is your job. It is your job to lead your family spiritually. You need to be the one who's leading your family, bringing them to church, saying, get up, let's go. You need to be the one who's setting the example for your family. Let me tell you today, if you say, boy, you're, you're raising the bar up really high today, Les, I don't know if I can get there. Can I tell you that you can with God's help? 
And it's never too late. Here's the, the best news of the day. It's never too late to make that change. I've seen it happen many times, and you have too. It's never too late to make the change and say, you know what, starting today, things are going to be different. And you know what that means? That means you don't walk in the day at lunch or in the morning and call a family and meeting and say, today things are going to be different. There's a new sheriff in town. We're going to love God and pray and fast every Monday. You know, whatever it is. But you do what we said in that second point. You lead by example. You just start doing it. It's kind of the whole, the whole Nike theology. Just do it. If the Lord's convicting you today, men, saying you need to do a better job at this or this and this, you know what you do? You just do it. Don't overthink it. Don't fall for the lie of the devil that will speak in your head and say you, you don't have what it takes. You, you've, been, you've been this way too long. It's not going to make a difference. Yes, you can make a difference. Just do it. Just start being different. Start showing that love to your wife and your kids and make a difference and leave a legacy that's, that's worth following so that one day your kids will say, you know what, maybe, maybe dad didn't give me this or this or this, but the most important thing our kids will ever say about us men, dads, granddads, is that my, my dad taught me and showed me what it was like to love Jesus. There's nothing more important than that. Kevin, if you'll come, yesterday I was, um, I was standing there. They're, they're gone. The summits had to leave early because they had to get all their family to the airport. But yesterday I was standing there, and I was talking to uh, Bev's dad, uh, Mr. Bill Williams. Y'all, y'all, a lot of y'all know him. And uh, we, were, we were sitting there talking, and, and I, I asked him, I said, you know, I said, Mr. Williams, I said, this is his third daughter to get married. And I said, um, and this is it, you know, he's done. You know, so yesterday he was really celebrating. And, um, and I said, you know, Mr. Williams, I said, you know, you know, what is it like now to have a third daughter who's getting married and now you're done with this? He said, man, it, it's just like the first. He said, I've been really blessed that all three of my daughters found good Christian men. And he said, I, I hope I get this right how he said it to me. But he said, Les, he said, once you get that part right, everything else is fine. He said, that's really the only thing that matters. When you get the fact that you're going to follow Jesus with your life right, everything else falls into place. Did I say everything's perfect, church? No. Did I say that you might still face cancer and debt and problems and death and situations that you can't explain? It's going to happen because as I say to you all the time, you and I are still what? Flesh and blood. We still live in a broken world. And I find myself again using this term I've used several weeks now, game changer. The game changer for our lives, men, Moms, students, the most important thing, more than the money in the bank and where you go to school and, and paying the bills, if you get your relationship with God first, everything else is easy. Because everything else you do from then on out falls through that filter of Him. My job, my future spouse, 
what I do with my money, how I spend my time, everything falls through the filter of who Jesus is and who I am with Him as I'm following Him. And you get that right, the rest is easy. Guys, I challenge you today to lead with passion. To live by example and to leave a legacy. Let's stand this morning. God, I thank you today that, Lord, we can use an example of, uh, of a man that was on this planet. I don't know. I have no idea, God, about Steve Irwin's spiritual life and his condition. Only you know, you know that, God. But I thank you that we can use his life and find biblical truths from it today that apply to our lives. And, Lord, as we lay this challenge out here today before our men, I pray today, God, that every insecurity that we have and everything that is in our lives today, God, that we feel like we, we're so inadequate, God, Lord, that we'll just give that to you today and surrender ourselves to you today and allow you to come inside of us and live in us and love through us and lead through us that we can be what you've called us to be. Men, I want to pray with you today. And I want to ask every man, every male, let's just do it that way. Every male in the house, I want you to come down and I want to pray with you. Come close. What a great, huge, good-looking group of guys we've got up here. Right, ladies? Guys, I love you. I'm proud of you. Thank you for the way you're leading your families. The example that you're setting. Just the fact that you're here today with your families and your kids says that you get what we're talking about today. There was a line we sang a while ago. That good, good father song. As you call me deeper still. See, the longer I follow the Lord, here's one thing I'm learning about my relationship with God is that this. I, I, I'm never going to get it all together. You're never going to have everything lined up exactly like you like it and want it. As men, that's where we feel like we're going to eventually get there. You're not. Again, flesh and blood. But here's what I've noticed. The longer I follow Him, He's always calling me to something deeper. Any of you guys ever know what I'm talking about? It doesn't matter where I'm at in my relationship with God. He's always pulling me and wanting something more. And telling me, I can, I can be more for Him. And he, he's always challenging me to be more. I think that's the, the male God side of our Father who pulls us and say, boy, you can do it. Your daddy ever told you that? Your granddaddy ever told you that? Boy, you can do it. And that's, that's what I believe the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us as men today. Guys, you can do it. He's calling us to something deeper. And that is that 
the most important thing we can do is to lead and live and leave a legacy that can be passed down to our kids. And I look at these men today and I, and I believe our families here and the families in our community are in good hands. Because you guys love the Lord and I, and I believe the Lord is speaking to us today. And so I want to lead us in prayer. We're going to pray over those three things this morning. And I want to ask you that as I pray, I want you to pray those things over your life today. God, we ask you today as men, as dads, as dads-to-be, Lord, that you would help us to live with passion. Lord, there's a lot of things we're passionate about, sports and hunting and fishing and our works, work and our families. But God, may the most, the greatest thing in our lives that we're passionate about, Jesus, may it be you. And Lord, the areas in our lives where, where we're not as passionate about you as we should be, bring conviction in our lives. God, we want to lead by example in faith, in love, in purity, in speech, in conduct. May we lead our families by example. God, we confess today that we get it wrong. God, there's things about our speech and our conduct. There's ways and days that we don't love the way you do. God, we pray you'll convict us of that today. And we pray, Lord, that you would help us by the power of your Holy Spirit to live lives of example that we can point our children, our grandchildren, and our wives and our families to you. And Lord, we pray today, God, you would help us to leave a legacy. Lord, help us to fight back the, the parts of our man and malehood that would say it's most important to leave money in the bank and all those material things that aren't that important. God, may we have a desire more than anything else as men of God, as followers of Christ, to leave a legacy for our children and our grandchildren that is all wrapped up and focused and pinpointed toward you, Jesus. That we live our lives to you and to honor and to please you today. Guys, can we just together, if you're comfortable, as men of God, lift our hands today and just ask the Holy Spirit to give us the strength and the power that we need. Holy Spirit, we pray that you would indwell us as men. Empower us, Holy Spirit, to live the life that you've called us to live. We can't do it without you. We need your power. We need your anointing. We need your touch to love and to lead our families the way you've called us to. And we thank you today for, for all that you have for us. You are a good, good father. And you are perfect in all your ways. And we thank you that you have set that example before us. And you can live and move in us. And help us, God, to do what you've called us to do. And we thank you and praise you for that today. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Dads, we love you. Happy Father's Day. And uh, we hope you have a great day celebrating with your family. God bless you. Thank you for being in worship today. We'll see you back here Wednesday night for Family Ministries Night. Happy Father's Day. Your love is like a river rushing over me, rushing over me. So strong, like a mountain standing over me, standing over me. So feel won't be